Good morning, Sarah Hefla. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. It has been a minute. You know how a lot of times I start this by by pointing out how lovely you look. <laughs> I'm just I just I'm just gonna say I'm not saying that this time. Well, okay, so I I logged on and you looked like a drunken sailor that had stumbled off of the ship just as it went into harbor. Okay, I am wearing a sailor shirt, but I'm not drunk. I did do a uh, bar three class this morning, so right now it's nine twenty six in Portland, Oregon, where I am. I did a bar class at seven fifteen for an hour, so I'm a bit sweaty. But the, re- the when you real- say bar class, that's B A R R E, not B A R. No, not B A R. I I did do a couple of B A R classes in now airport. That- I've been here. Not much, though, actually. I've been working my butt off um, and just really didn't have time to spend a lot of time in bars. But no, it's bar and uh, it's something I love so much. And I'm staying in my old neighborhood where there is a bar three studio. And my daughter and I love this so much that I wrote her the other day. I'm like, are we going to have to open a franchise in New York City? There are bar uh, studios in New York City, but they're really not near my house and they're expensive. But um, I've done it every single day I've been here. So you should open a bar class in Chinatown because uh, I love bar and, you know, it's a really interesting combination of like Pilates and ballet. Mm-hmm. And um, also, like, sometimes you just feel like such a goofball, like you're doing 1980s aerobics. And I, I, I'm like, yeah, I it definitely has an 80s aerobics feel, too, because you're at that long bar, which is yep. the the ballet bar n- next to usually like a bank of mirrors. Yep. And it, yep. I always feel like I'm in the opening sequence for fame. Yes, or flash dance or something. Um, yes. I, I I absolutely love it. It just it's like I'm so committed to it that I'm figuring out in this last class today. I'm like, okay, there's bar three on West Fourth in New York City, but you know that you've got to get on the subway. Maybe I can like rent a little. They have like the rental mopeds, and maybe I could do that or find another one. But I'm I'm recommitting to it because for me. The schedule works very well. Do the class, go home, get the work done, and plus then you're getting in shape. So. All, I wouldn't all- know about that. One of us should do that, though. I, <laughs> I, I haven't um, taken a bar class in over a year, so I wonder if I've forgotten. Do you think it's like um, like a bicycle where you can always get back on? Yeah, it's it's it, there's no there's no uh, there's no learning curve. I mean, you're a little a little weaker when you first do it. But um, Sarah, what about when you've been chain smoking for that year? Well, I. I yeah, a little I'd have a little problem there with the aeration. I'll get there eventually. Um, so Sarah, I, I we right we logged on and it is true that I look like a drunken sailor. And it is true that the two of us have not recorded together in almost I think it's almost two weeks because the workload has been bananas. So bananas, dear listeners, let me tell you that I get a text from uh, our friend Yael Bartur saying, oh man, Sarah's article just made me, you know, made me just get all the feels. I just, you know, this and that. And I'm like, what article? So Sarah Heppala, our dear Sarah Heppala has a big, giant essay think piece in New York Magazine's The Cut. And she doesn't even mention it to me. <laughs> it's like you have another. And you texted me, and I'm like, "You're," and I'm like, "What article?" Yeah. Well, I was like, "It's just like so, dudes." Like, yeah, bro, I got this piece. Yeah, cool, whatever. It has been, it has been really busy, and I think in the best ways for both of us. But 
um, listeners, we're sorry. We, we're, we're behind an, an episode for you guys. We did have uh, Matt Welch pinch hitting. I think he did a really good job, especially if you like baseball. Um, and, uh, but I think we're back. And not only are we back, baby, but we are coming up on a pretty special day. What do you think, Sarah? Yeah, it's my mother's birthday. It's May yeah. 15th. And I'm glad you remembered. And it's going to be very touching to her that you remembered that. Yes. Anything else? Any other important things that you're thinking about hmm. on the radar? Oh, it says on my Google calendar that it's going to be a smoke-em birthday. That's right. Oh, my like, God. My cat just tried to jump up on this and then he fell down. That's like, going to be so the most fun thing that happened. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of up on our one-year anniversary. And... La Hepla has decided to uh, pay a visit to all of us in New York City, especially me. And I think we're going to maybe try to do a nice little recording for you guys on our birthday. And I might as well just announce here while we're still in the free part of our episode that, guys, um, tell us what you want to hear about. If you want to have some things we haven't covered or some things you want us to revisit, if you've been listening for a while, any questions that you have, shoot them in and we'll, uh, we'll try and work them into our one-year anniversary episode. We we should encourage people to give us grades like a midterm, uh, like like um, I did this in my class that I teach, like at the midway through the semester, I asked them to grade me and tell me, you know, what they liked and what I could do to improve. And it was really fascinating to see their their feedback, you know, and then anybody that graded me poorly, I just resent them and I took off points from their final grade. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, come Obviously. on, these kids have how to get through life here, right? That's a joke, kids. <laughs> um, no, it was just really interesting, and and I think opening that channel to hearing, you know, like, oh, I didn't realize that, like, there were a lot of things that they had thought about that I had never thought about in terms of just things I could do. And I was like, that's really great. I'd love to. Yeah. So we can do that. And uh, we encourage you to write at smokeumpodcast at gmail.com. Isn't that our email? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, also we're going to be doing a reader's mailbag episode. Uh, so share some more pointed letters about the news or your life or Nancy's clothes. Okay, that you want to share. Look, okay, so, and also, a last thing, we're not going to announce it here because it will be for paid subscribers only, but we are going to have an IRL meetup uh, at a friend of mine's oh, We're bar. not going to announce it here. I'm announcing, it, I'm announcing that I'm not telling you where it is. But God, I'm it's a dick move. It is, it's a dick move, but it's an enticing dick move. Ooh, you like that one? An enticing dick move to get you to become a paid subscriber because then if you become a paid subscriber, you will find out where the patty is on Sunday, the 23rd. The patty. patty. The patty. And not only that, I contacted my friend whose bar it is and he's like, yeah, totally cool. Come on in. I'll, there could be a big table forever, you know, shows up. But listen, Nancy, just by the way, at around eight o'clock, dancing starts. Like we have some dancing. So I'm just saying, I, we show up at six, we hang out, we have some drinks, we have some talking, we want to dance a little bit at eight o'clock. I, I just don't see anything wrong with this Sunday night. I just don't. So, anyway. Do you think you're going to dance, aren't you? Oh, hell yeah, I'm going to dance. I mean, it depends what they're playing, but yeah. I'm not going to promise that I'll dance. Dance is one of the hardest things to kind of um, 
get back after you quit drinking? Oh, I can understand. You know what? I can understand that because I, I love to dance and I love to dance drinking or not drinking. But there have been times where I'm like, this would be a little better if I had two drinks in me. I don't know if I feel that way. Now we're just going to have to see. But um, yeah, I get that. I, I do love to dance. I really, I really enjoy it. Man, I used to like, like, I, 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 I think I like twisted knees, like doing David Lee Roth moves, you know, <laughs> when I was drinking. I used to love like hitting the floor and the splits and like jump kicking and, and just crazy shit like that. And I would go wild. I was quite a firecracker. But then, you know, without the drinks, it's just really hard to get to reach that level. I'm more of a like finger snap, you can, slow you groove. Can. You can snap at the table with all the guys that say that they, they don't want to dance, but then I can't dance. Alone, I don't want to dance. I don't want to dance. I can't dance. If you're alone with them in the kitchen, they'll dance with you. Just that's a tip. We know that already, guys. Um, I wanted I've to never say been inside a kitchen. If you've never been inside a kitchen? No. Okay. Well that that's my that's my department. What's what's that okay. phrase? Um every everyone to their strengths, every needs. That's like, a, that's like the communism manifesto the or communism something. See how bad I am at it. That's good. Speaking of that, I was hanging out <clears throat> with a listener yesterday. Hi, Tanya, who uh, Tanya is the woman who introduced me to my, to the people I wound up staying with in Ukraine. And um, she made me dinner last night. It was wonderful. We had some drinks. We did a lot of talking and she was like, do people not understand? He like, in America, different people that are like, yeah, socialism, communism, just they're like, do people not understand how terrible this was? Do they not understand that you have like one pair of shoes? She said she had one pair of shoes in high school and she used to like, while waiting for the bus, she would like stand in the back so her shoes wouldn't get more messed up or people wouldn't see it. Her mother worked in a factory for 38 years and made $5 a month. Okay, it's just like a different world and people that are like somehow thinking like, oh, yeah, this is going to be a better world because we have some of this in Portland. We are going to be talking a little bit about Portland. And it's just it's just lunacy. Anyway, Tanya, thank you. One for of my favorite things. <clears throat> one of my favorite things is people arguing about how awful capitalism is oh, while gosh. tapping on their latest iPhone. Oh, well, excuse me. When I was here covering the, the protests and riots here in Portland, Several times I was down at the Apple store that they were destroying while filming it with their iPhones. I'm like, good move, kids. Like, are you in, it's just all like this. It's all like for show and to blow off energy. Speaking of that, Freddie DeBoer has a pretty good little piece up today called uh, A Conversation About Crime. It gets a little bit, tiny bit strident in a few places, but it's also kind of funny. And it's also really true. It's like two people talking about like, oh, so you're actually absolutely okay with like, stealing cars or like putting a gun in someone's face. That's okay. That's not a crime. Right. But if someone in high school said something like use the word fag, then they should completely- God, don't say that. Don't say that, Nancy. God, God damn it. it. And every, they should lose everything and never have like an, another endorsement ever. The person's like, right. It's like, okay, you need to explain this. Anyway, it's pretty good. I'll put a link. I'll put a link. And look, I'm going to remember to put the link to it. I'm going to write- Would you remember not to use that word next time? Oh, sure. Whatever. Um, so Sarah, we're, we're late to a lot of news, but there was one quick thing I wanted to, um, we have a correction. Can I issue our correction first before I forget? Of course. Yeah. Because it's from our old episode and I like to come correct on these things. Don't, isn't that what I call this? This is the come corrections. Uh, How does it work? (laughs) 
I don't, I don't know. Um, so <clears throat> this comes from one of our listeners. Our, our last episode together was about succession, which um, has been quite the journey this season. Um, if you're wow. not watching it, uh, wow. guys, it's it's I, the acting. I can't I, I cannot wrap my head. I can barely wrap my head around the acting in this. It's just it's another level. It's a whole nother level. Of, Did you know of, the woman that plays Shiv is from Australia? Well, I learned that because I looked, I watched most of the little clip you, you sent me yesterday about Matthew McFadden. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's, I didn't so know that, so he's I, British. I knew he was British and he's darling. All British people are darling. If you're out there and you're British, you're darling. Congratulate yourself. I love and, the way that you were like, uh, they'll say something like, oh my God, she was so terribly fat. And you look, she's like 10 pounds overweight. Or they're like, oh my God, they're just, oh, they all hate me now. They just hate me. And they're just, there's this sort of like playful exaggeration humor they, that yes. I, Americans can't do it. So They're darling. Yes, they're so darling. this con- concerns the succession uh, conversation where I referred to a very famous brutal scene as four on the floor. It is boar on the floor. Oh, I thought boar you said, as in pig. I thought you said boar on the floor. No, I said four on the floor. It's hard to get F's and B's and S's, like, you know, like all the different sounds. But I did say four on the floor. And I was corrected. It's boar on the floor, not four on the floor. This is shameful. And I, it is. It is. It was shameful. And so that's why I had to come clean and tell you that I got this wrong. Um, this is an excuse to once again link that episode in the episode notes. That okay. scene is um, kind of the scene that sold me on watching more of Succession. Because I'd watched the first season and I was like, I don't like these people and this gives me bad vibes. And then I, wa- I saw that and I was like, oh, this is so sadistic and wild that it's like epic. One of the things that's so epic about Secession is the way the characters who who you feel like some sort of connection and sympathy with keeps flipping around. Like the person, exactly. like, like, like oh, right now, just one I'm thinking about, and I'm, I'm always kind of a Roman stan, so that's okay. But like Greg. Romulus. Yeah, Romulus. Greg, like for a long time, you're like, you know, he's kind of this guy because he's kind of like doofy. And, and then it's this and you think like, well, I can have some sympathy for him. And now he's just such a dick. He's, he's such a dick. God, like. He's yeah, just, such, he's just such a, uh, he's just a douche. And he's just like, uh, like he's so desperate. to. He's a clinger, you know. Yeah, but, also, but it's like so, it's like in the the stupidest way. Anyway, I'm almost through. I tried to watch uh, the new episode last night. I'm like, I have about 15 minutes left because I, I fell asleep. But um, I'm going to watch it after we finish taping. And um, but but if I may, may I get to uh, what I was going to say? The thing in the news that we're way way behind on, but I do want to mention it because you and I batted it around a little bit. And that would be the Dalai Lama. Now, old oh news. Is this everybody has already talked about it, but I had a real. Inst- I watched you know, Caitlin Flanagan, who's like one of my favorite writers ever. She had a really pretty visceral negative reaction to this. And I. Do you want to tell I, people what that the Dalai Lama did in case yeah, they missed so it? The Dalai Lama had a young boy. I don't know how old he was, seven or eight or nine or something like that. And he was, he came up to, I don't know, get a blessing or talk to him. And they, they, they kind of like touched foreheads and then there was like smiling. And then Dalai Lama said, now suck my tongue. And he stuck his tongue out 
you know, and then he, the boy, I don't know if he had a moment of confusion or not, but all he did is they touched foreheads again and then that was off. But it was, it was, you know, captured on video and on audio and it's a bit bracing and weird because there's no real precedent for that. Like, oh yeah, you know, this is sort of a thing, the Dalai Lama or that people just in general do with children. And so they released a, I guess, you know, the Dalai Lama's PR firm or reps or whatever the, uh, released a statement saying, oh, you know, he's just a playful dude. And, you know, we're, you know, he's sorry if it was misinterpreted. And people were like, yeah, but excuse me, wait a second. So let me ask you, Sarah, what was your, did you have a gut reaction when you saw this to like what was going on here? Yeah. My first thought was how old is the Dalai Lama? Yeah. He's 85. Right. He's 87 according to Google. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know, by the way, if I'm going to link the video in the show notes, it's easy to find. I, we, you, people have seen yeah, it. you don't need to link it. Fine. So I had a very similar reaction. You know, my mom is 85 and is, has some dementia and, um, but it wasn't even that. It wasn't dementia. What what it seemed to me is that he just was like somehow there was a moment of um, what's the word uh, titillation or something effervescence. I would say disinhibition. Him. I would say disinhibition because disinhibition, yes. because aging has a lot in common with getting drunk. Like you stop remembering things, you start stop losing your judgment, you stop losing your balance. So, you know, when you get disinhibited, you become, <clears throat> you do very strange things. Sometimes they're things you would normally do, and sometimes they're things you wouldn't do at all. Normally. I think that's right. I think it was disinhibition. Plus also we learned later, you know, the Dalai Lama has been the Dalai Lama since he was like four or something like that. He's lived this incredibly a combination of a very cloistered life. He's a virgin, apparently a, a cloister's life, but also this life out on the stage. And I just wondered, it was like, well, there's a disinhibition. And all of a sudden there's like some like weird little moment of, I don't mean intimacy, like sexual intimacy, but just this sort of thing that maybe was like, Oh, like this would feel good. I mean, your tongue is a very sensitive organ. And I don't, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just like, it seemed like it would be fun and we would feel good. But then I read somewhere that someone's like, well, how long has this been going on? Like, is yeah. This- like, has is, is this been something like, like tongue sucking has been like his thing? I was like, so grossed though. I have to say, I got to tell you, I'm so grossed out by the whole thing. Again, moderate milk, just like so really grossed out, really grossed out by ugh, ugh, ugh. Well, it's good. It's good. You should be. Um, But uh, you know what I thought of, too? So I've been watching season one of Succession um, because I wanted to go back. And I I just had forgotten a lot about where the the show started and everybody's backstories. And I had just seen. Hold on just a second. I got a cough here. Hold on. Oh, look at that. She used the, she's the mute. I, I did too a little while ago. I didn't even say it. I just did it. Proud of you. Proud of you. Um, my baby's learning. <laughs> Suck my tongue. <laughs> That's what we do. No, we do not. No, anyway, no we don't. We don't. Saying, season one. No. Okay. So I was, I was watching season one and, um, I'd forgotten about the part where Logan had, you know, he had a, a some sort of collapse health collapse early on that begins the whole show and Shiv is determined to go see him Shiv is his daughter she's determined to go see him because you know 
she's being kept at bay and she's like, I got to see him. And she goes in there and he's like, oh, it's so good to see you. You're so beautiful. Give me your hand. And then he takes her hand and he puts it down his pants. You know, I don't remember the scene, but you told me about it. And again, so yes, is this, well, this obviously could be a moment of disinhibition. He's had a stroke or he's under anesthesia or something like that. But then again, it's Logan Roy. So he's got inside of him this sort of pill that activates, you know, in any way. The human animal is a mystery, whether this is a, a sign of something somebody would has always wanted to do or something that has never occurred to them before. We really don't know. We don't have evidence. But the key word in there is animal. And once you start getting down to those base drives, weird things happen. You know, a very similar scene is uh, happens in Mad Men, too, I, I remember. Betty Draper, um, her father moves in with them, and at some point he grabs her ass and thinks thinks that she's his mom, I think. His, his former wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you know, you got to give a little sympathy to the to the dads that that probably are looking at women that looked like the women they married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so Sarah, what else is going on in your world? No, nah, just the Dalai Lama. That's thing. it. That's really days, all. Days, days. I heard that. I've been in a in a hole. Um of just typey, typey, tippy, tappy, 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 smoke, smoke, smoke. But I don't know where I heard that. And I was just like, what is happening in the world? What is happening? That is some crazy shit. And also the world is like so unstable and it feels like all our leaders are sort of like, you know, losing it a little bit. And so just nobody needed the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama to go out and try to tongue suck a young boy. Nobody needed that. Yeah, it's a, it's a stupid distraction. So um, yeah, so what else have I been doing? Well, yeah. you no, know, I've been working and, um, and doing a lot of stories and finishing a lot of projects. But something interesting happened also during our vacation, which, by the way, was supposed to only be my vacation, but it turned out to be our vacation. Yeah, you were, I, you were crazy busy. I know you were. Oh, man. I just decided to scoot off to Portland last week. I've been here a week and I'll uh, be going home tomorrow. But anyway, go ahead. Well, the story blew up about Clarence Thomas mm-hmm. and the millionaire billionaire Harlan Crow who is his friend, but also, like, you know, has donated a lot of money. And it turns out had, you know, also let him do things like take the private jet and whatever, you know, go on his private island. And they he's got a painting of the two of them. Like, it's this very deep relationship. ProPublica wrote a story about it. And, you know, I got to tell you, I don't, this is all, like, I've heard people talking about this and all this esoteric business about whether or not the judges should be disclosing this stuff or not, whether they've captured Clarence Thomas or not. To me, this is all like political football. I don't care about it. Um, uh, it is, it feels like a distraction. Um, but this was interesting to me. Harlan Crow lives in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And he lives in Dallas in a part of Dallas that is like the old neighborhood that I used to live in. 
So, like, he lives around the corner from Jerry Jones. Remember when I took you to Jerry mm-hmm. Jones's house? Mm-hmm. When we went in, he was so, Jerry, he was so nice. He gave us sandwiches and everything. We swam in the pool. It was great. Yeah. No, that didn't happen. That was the guy at the gas and sip that you picked up. Um, And he told you he was Jerry Jones. He's like, hey, baby, I'm Jerry Jones. He's like, I'm from New York, are you? <laughs> um. No, uh, we didn't. We didn't even go into Jerry Jones's compound because it's like super cordoned off. Like there's like a cement wall, and you can see these like a house back there, but it seems to be kind of tucked back from the street. Well, Harlan Crow, who's who's like, I think this is how stupid I am. Like I'm not even sure where the crows got their money. I'm pretty sure it's oil. But, like, there's the Crow Asian American Art Center here in Dallas. And, like, Trammell Crow is one of the big realtors. I guess maybe they made their money in real estate, not oil. Because Trammell Crow does real estate. <clears throat> Trammell Crow's his dad. They developed, like, half of Dallas. Um, Trammell Crow Jr., who's Harlan's brother, is kind of a wildcat that's known for alleged orgies and things like that. There's Trammel, some, a cool name. Yeah, I guess it is. It, it sounds like a verb. Is it a verb? Trammel. Yeah. Trammeled? Oh, yeah, it we trammeled him. Yeah, yeah, like stomped underfoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Harlan is, um, just Trammel. sounds like rich guys at my high school. Trample. I went, I went to school with some Harlans. So um, no offense if you're out there and your name is Harlan. I'm sure you're a lovely person. So... Anyway, the point is, I was listening to these podcasts. In particular, there's a great episode that Matt Welch and Michael Moynihan did on the fifth column that was about this, you know, the sort of ethical tangle of the donation. And in particular, the reason that this this kind of rocketed to the top of the trending charts was because of the detail in ProPublica that Harlan Crow's estate contained... <gasps> Nazi memorabilia and statues of Stalin and Lenin and all that. And I heard that and I was like, that is a Dallas millionaire for you. Like they love there was, and I don't know what it is. There was a guy that ran this uh, very popular hamburger place called Goff's G O F F. And he, Goff's was just like a cool diner that had stuck around from the 50s and it was, but he was an asshole and one of the things, I don't know, it's one of these guys like the soup Nazi that's like a total jerk to everybody that comes in. (laughs) But he kept a statue of Lenin outside in Highland Park, Texas, which is like Beverly Hills of Texas. It's the weirdest thing to like go into this diner past a statue of Lenin. And, like, I just grew up with that, and it was like, oh, yeah, he just has that statue of Lenin. It's like, nobody nobody asked. And then I remember reading a newspaper story years later that was like, he keeps it to remind himself that we are free. And I was like, okay, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what Harlan Crow has said, you know, that he keeps this memorabilia. Well, I don't know about the Nazi memorabilia. I don't even know what it is because there are a lot of reasons um, – that people that collect different pieces of history would have all sorts of different things. Um, 
from the past. I mean, you know, people have all sorts of pieces of wreckage uh, from traumatic historic events. That's just true. Um, it doesn't mean that you are a Nazi. It just It's just yeah. such a bad, bad look. You know what? Also, I will say about sculpture, especially if it's like metal sculpture, like iron, you know, these busts that you see of people. I find those to be particularly interesting, just objects, um, because they take a lot of work. They're made of, you know, metal or steel or iron. I've actually had um, one of my best friends growing up was a sculptor. He he did the bust of um, of FDR that's out by the Brooklyn Museum. It's like when you're around these sorts of objects, they really do have gravity, like and and weight, you know, literal and figurative weight, and you know, I guess I can understand sometimes you you know you've seen pictures, uh, you've seen statues of Lenin or of Stalin being like torn down, and people are like, you know, yay, they're like so great because they defeated. And I I get that. I certainly, if you're living under those regimes, I I do get that. But I also understand the preservation of these things for a lot of reasons, whether it is A, to not forget, whether B, because it's art or it's some weird remembrance or just has this gravity to you. And you're allowed to, I mean, art begets art. It gives you other ideas. It forms the way you see the world and how you want to trans transfer the world. And I don't know what Harlan Crow's reasons are. I don't know him. But the idea that you are just going to completely go immediately to like, oh, Nazi Barnett, he's a Nazi. It's like, well, really? How do you know that? And I, I'm not saying you're wrong for doing that investigation. Sure. Go ahead and do oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It raises questions to be what sure. But I mean, okay. do you know how much stupid shit rich people buy? Yeah, I know. They, oh, they buy. I've known rich people. They I, buy so much stupid shit. I mean, didn't wasn't it the case that Rupert Murdoch bought a two million dollar engagement ring for the fiance that broke off their engagement, and then she? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's all relative. You know, Do you remember the, when like Nicolas Cage went broke buying a dinosaur skull from Leonardo DiCaprio? I do not. I, I think, <laughs> I think I have that right. It might be the opposite direction, but I'm pretty sure they both spent a shit ton of money on a dinosaur skull or maybe like a, who knows what it is. It, 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 in my mind, it's a dinosaur skull because it's a dinosaur bone or something. It, it, they, they, they don't, it's just, it's almost like you just have too much money. You don't know where to put it. And like, you can critique this, like he should be giving it to the poor. Fine. But, like, there's so many of them that do so many stupid things. Anyway, the point of this is, as I was hearing the national news talk about, like, what's in his backyard, da 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 I was talking to my friend who used to be a reporter at the Dallas Morning News, and he was like, oh, you can drive over there and look in his backyard. And I was like, really? Oh. And I'm not going to explain how you do it, but it's fairly easy. And it's not illegal. Okay, but did you do it? I, I went, I, I drove over there, but the road was blocked for construction. Mm. And I was like, oh, shit. So then I had to go to the front. So I was driving past the front, which is on Preston. It's a very, that's a busy street and it's a really well, like you just Google the name and it's like, that's the address. Like there's articles about the, the property. 
And I was so surprised because remember when we drove by Jerry Jones, it was so cloistered. Mm. And this one, just the gates were open. Mm. And I was like, um, so I drove past once and I was like, am I going to drive into that circular drive? And I was like, oh God, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. And then I'm going to say I got lost. So I pulled in, but then Nancy, the circular drive was so long. And even though the gates were open, they had that little box that's like, you know, the intercom. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It yeah. was clearly like if I just needed to turn around, like I could have just pulled in because I'd been going for like 50 yards. Like I could just pull her back. And I was like, they've got surveillance cameras all over here. I'm going to end up on a watch list. Nancy's not going to have anybody to do the podcast with her anymore. Also that I can try to get a glimpse of these statues, which are in the back anyway. But what I did was I went up to the intercom level and I could see it was quite a spread. You know, it was a red and brick. It was red brick, kind of like two story house with like a cupola. And then there was like a gazebo type thing. And then like like other houses and like back like fountains. And I mean, it was all sorts of stuff going on there. So I'm guessing behind there, there's like a sculpture garden. And that's where that's where the tyrants of the 20th century live. So that Harlan Crow may announce capitalism's victory, that they have trammeled I think it's the trampled. tyrants of the past. Do you see what I did there? I felt like you didn't really even I, I, I'm 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 trying to say I think it's trample, number one, but number two, I would go to that sculpture garden. I would go. I'm I'm interested in seeing not just, you know, the pieces of art, but like, why did this person pe- person put this up this way? How's the little journey I'm going to take? What does it make me think? What does it make me remember? What books does it make me want to read about maybe this tyrant I never heard of or I know very little about? You know, don't don't let people explore. You may not agree with it. And one thing I wanted to say about the dudes, um, the fifth dudes talking about this. Now, I don't know the standards that a Supreme Court justice has to be held under. I'm assuming they're pretty rigorous because, you know, he's he basically is, you know, he works for us or he's part of a system that we're allowed. There has to be a lot of transparency. But I got to say, I completely agree with Michael. It's like, so wait a second. Like, you know, when people come to my house and I make them dinner, do they have to like, they, they have to reveal this? It's like, you're allowed to have friends. If your friend has a plane, and I hope one of our friends does have a plane, Sarah Happala. I have my, I have a friend with a plane. Good. Well, I'm coming. We are, you know, like if they're going to give us a ride somewhere, we're all going to Florida. See, see, that was the most exotic place I could come up with like off the top of my head. Florida, we're you're gonna, so cute. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Disney World. Um, we're, but it's like, then you give them a ride. Like, what is the... Like, I don't see what the big deal is here. I mean, there's, but, there's, yeah. I'm sure there's a conversation to be had, right? About like whether, like at what point this kind of stuff tips over into donate, you know, in-kind donations or, or, you know, whatever. There's a conversation to be had, right? And they, and they changed the policy not long ago and, and all that's fair. But this is, this is, they're trying, this is again. This is political football. Exactly. But that's really not the battle that I'm waging right now. The battle that I'm waging is about the word trammel because I've looked it up. Are so you ready? Yes, I am. It's a verb. It means to deprive of freedom of action. So synonyms are to restrict or constrain or to hamper. So I wasn't exactly right that it means like trampling. You, I think that's why you thought I, I meant you know because I was saying it was like to stomp underfoot. 
Yeah. So that's not exactly right. But, you know, you do trammel someone. I I like, so read it to me again, because it may, it may, uh, it may lead me to something I wanted to talk about. Read the definition again. To deprive of freedom of action. Interesting. I I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Trammell Crow was named that. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So So that was my little adventure. I, I did not trespass on Harlan Crow's property. And now you have the evidence to prove it. But I did come as close as one can get. Is there anything else you want to talk about in terms of uh, maybe some work that uh, listeners may have missed of yours this week? What, I mean, that essay? That? I did the essay for the cut, and that was fun. It was about, well, I sent that out to our readers um, oh, because, right, right. because I didn't do my smoking diary on Friday. Right. I did a non-smoking diary, and I directed him to that essay, which was about okay. the joys of sober sex. Um it's for a series that uh, the cut was doing called Swellness. And I like this idea. The whole idea is to talk about, you know, issues of wellness that we don't normally talk about, you know? So it's kind of like the taboo issues. I, I I don't know what else they'll be they'll be running, but I really liked my editor on that. And, and they were lovely. They came to me and it was very easy. The whole process was very pleasant. Uh, I also have a story in Texas Monthly about the best hotels in the state. Hey, you might know one or two of them. I might. <laughs> I may have slept in those beds. With the- yeah, look at you. You've slept in two of the 10 hottest hotels in Texas, Yay. Nancy Rollman. Uh, one with and only one coffee. of them did somebody spill a glass of Diet Coke on. Wait, a glass? Necessity- a, I think it was like a, a to-go cup the a size jug. of like A jug? A jug. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'm wondering if I should, uh, talk about what I've been doing this week. Please. Okay. So, um, as many of you know, I've been reporting on and from Portland, Oregon. I mean, I lived here for 15 years, came back in 2020 and started reporting on the, um, you know, the riots and the protests. And then I've just been coming back. This is probably the 10th or 12th time I've been in Portland since 2020, And I really had a sense um, lately that Portland is passing into another phase of, you know, we had, you know, before 2019, it was like sort of, I mean, the the, the years are a bit squishy, but, you know, Portland was sort of ascending. It was being built. It was becoming like kind of a... It was on the climb. It was a city on the climb. It's kind of sitting on the climb, doing things its own way. Then things started to corrode a bit, 2017. Then they really, then we had a lot of things broken, a lot of things dismantled, a lot of just unhappy people. Well, that's like the, the main like violence and stuff in the streets every night has, you know, has died down for sure. But in its place, um, we have sort of uh, a different sort of corrosion. And it has to do with the sort of <clears throat> drug issues on the street and homelessness and sort of, you still have some internecine. Is that how you say that word? In, in turn- I never know how to say that word, internecine. I, 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 honestly, I don't know. Something, ovaltine. Um, ovaltine. It, uh, yeah, that's, well, let's just call it that. Um, and so I thought, but I also really believe because I've been paying attention to other areas that there's like some green shoots here. Like what's happening? There are people really trying to fix 
some of the stuff that happened, including new people on the city council. Anyway, I thought, you know what, Nancy, it's time to go. It's time to go, get back on the ground, talk to some people, different people than you, you've you talked to in the past. And that's what I've done. So I got here and saw some people that I knew, a former editor of mine. We had a great time. We drove around. He was he used to be at the Oregonian. And I started to walk around with a dude who like really works with the homeless and the drug addicted. And I thought, you know, people are really trying to fix this here. And that's going to be interesting. And we're going to move into Portland 3.0. And I kept asking people like, tell me about the green shoots. And the reactions I've gotten, Sarah, have been, uh, well, tell me what you're seeing. I'm like, huh. oh, okay. Or I'm like, how do you think the city's going? And like a friend of mine, like, does a circling down the drain. And I thought, well, you know, we're still sort of have a hangover. It's all, we're still beat up from 2020 and 2021. Then you look at certain things like the city has lost population, more population in Multnomah County, which is where Portland is, Hmm. has lost more population than any county in the country of similar uh, proportion. Okay. So what happens then? All right, you have less of a tax base. You've got less of the kids in school. It's just, and who's leaving? I don't know. I asked someone for the data. I'm like, is there data that says, was it like newcomers that were leaving? So that maybe like, you know, they didn't right. have very deep roots. We don't right. know yet. But it doesn't kind of really matter. Anyway, I, uh, I, uh, it's been sort of confusing for me. And first of all, there's no way I'm going to walk. Nancy Robinson's going to walk in here and decide everything that's going on and tell you about it. No, that's not the way it's going to be. I'm going to let the people tell me. I'm going to let the city tell me. But I will say the sort of like optimism I have that gave way to some confusion gave way, I'm going to try to explain this as best I can, to some actual kind of terror. Uh, Hello, Smoke of God listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, biweekly episodes with Sarah Heppler. Sarah Heppler, who's just so busy right now, she could not record this little uh, interim moment for you. Um, We're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, that is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.